What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, July 15th. The Tigers did not have an inner squad game yesterday, just a little bit of batting practice. You got to see Casey Mize throw a few ABs to Spencer Torkelson. That was kind of neat. You know what was neat about that? It was the fact that we're not going to see that matchup for a long time. You know why? Because those guys are going to be on the same team here pretty darn soon, and that is very, very exciting. But in this first segment, I wanted to talk about something that is actually kind of near and dear to my heart, and maybe I'm a, I'm a bit of a purist, maybe I'm a bit of an idealist when it comes to something like this, but it is the idea of the opening day starter. That's something that's very meaningful to me. I allow myself one day a year, even during this whole arduous, abysmal rebuild, I allow myself one day a year to believe that the Detroit Tigers have a chance to win the World Series. And that day, obviously, is opening day every year. Every year on the first day of the season, no matter what I was feeling up until that point, and no matter how I'll feel after that, I give myself one day to say to myself, maybe we got a shot. It was the same way last year. The Tigers, they won that opening day game against the Blue Jays. Jordan Zimmerman pitched great. They won in extra innings thanks to Kristen Stewart's two-run home run in the 10th inning. And after that, I said, all right, I gave myself that one day. Now let's move on. I'm fully aware that this team is tanking and will probably be terrible. And guess what? They were pretty darn bad. But I, I love the pageantry of opening day. I love the fact that every year on opening day, every team puts their toes on the line, and they put their best foot forward. And that includes, to me, starting your best pitcher on opening day. Now, I'm a man with a philosophy. I believe, personally, I have, in, these are my, my Judeo-Christian opening day beliefs. I feel like every year, your opening day starter should be the pitcher who pitched the best baseball for you the previous year. Now, there are exceptions to that. If there's an injury, then you may have to replace him. Or if you have a spectacular free agent signing, obviously the New York Yankees are a major exception to this. Like Garrett Cole will and should be starting opening day for that team. So let me amend that a little bit. Your opening day starter, in my eyes, should be the person who had the best year the previous season. Now, in my opinion, for the Detroit Tigers, there's really only one option, and that is Matthew Boyd. Was Matt Boyd great last year? Not at all. I criticized him. I mentioned the fact I felt like they should have traded him when he was pitching well, but when you look at the numbers, there was no pitcher who was better or really more consistent for the Detroit Tigers a year ago than Matt Boyd. I was pretty sure he was going to be tapped to be the opening day starter, and yes, I'm sorry, but even in a 60-game season, that means something. The first game you play in a season, it's like a playoff series. Who's your game one guy? You put your best foot forward, no matter what your team is doing, and yes, I'm aware that this team is tanking, and I'll talk about that in a second, but Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic, who's done a really great job covering the Tigers, especially during this uh, this pandemic, said, Matthew Boyd did not throw today and will throw in tomorrow's inner squad, tomorrow meaning today's inner squad when you're listening to this. Strangely, that would seemingly take him out of line to start on opening day. Will be interesting to see how the Tigers use him next week. Now, this does not mean that Matthew Boyd is incapable of starting opening day. They could rearrange things and make him the opening day starter. Absolutely. But this also sent a legit shiver down my spine because I think it narrows the options down to an opening day starter to two. Because let's go down the rotation here. 
it's not going to be Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer has not pitched in two years. We're not sure even if he's completely 100% healthy, he won't be the opening day guy. It's not going to be Spencer Turnbull because Ron Gardner loves his vets. I don't think he would tap a second-year starter to be the opening day guy in year number two, though we did start the home opener a season ago, though that is a little bit different. It's not going to be Daniel Norris. We're not sure if he's healthy. It's not going to be Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova wasn't terrible for the White Sox last year, but it's his first year in Detroit. Yes, Gardy loves the vets, but I have a hard time believing that he would go with a guy who is yet to pitch a game in a Detroit Tigers uniform. So who does that leave it down to? It leaves us down to Matt Boyd and Jordan Zimmerman. Now, as I brought up, I am still fully aware, and they will deny this even in a 60-game season, I am aware that this team is still tanking. Let's not kid ourselves. But with that said, there's tanking, and then there's just having absolutely no iota of self-respect for yourself. And that's what starting Jordan Zimmerman on opening day would mean. And yes, I I already see what the excuses would be if Jordan Zimmerman started opening day. Well, you know, he started opening day for us the last two years and he didn't pitch that bad. Okay, fine. The fact of the matter is Jordan Zimmerman had two good starts a year ago, then fell off a cliff as everyone expected him to. He was, in terms of guys who pitched a minimum 100 innings, Probably in the bottom five worst pitchers in all of baseball a season ago. And I know this team was not a team that was loaded with starting pitching. There are better options than Jordan Zimmerman. And you're going up against a team in the Cincinnati Reds who has a pretty darn good rotation. They're going to be starting Sonny Gray opening day. Sonny Gray had a career year a season ago. If it wasn't a career year, it was in the top two of best seasons he ever had. Got Cy Young votes, made an all-star team. He was really spectacular. And let's say they didn't start Sonny Gray. You have a guy in Luis Castillo who is a beast. Like I said, Pedro Martinez-esque in his ability to throw that change up for strikes and to miss bats with that pitch. He's a beast. You have Trevor Bauer, who's a pretty good number three option. You have Wade Miley, who you signed in the offseason. And you're going to counter on opening day, potentially, with a guy who had a 6-9-1 ERA last year. Come on, man. I, like, I, I understand. And you know what? You want to start Jordan Zimmerman game two? Go ahead. But I am someone, admittedly, who's kind of a hopeless romantic when it comes to opening day. I believe in the pageantry of opening day. Don't start Jordan Zimmerman game one, okay? I, I know the team is bad, and you're still trying to tank, and the rotation is thin. I understand all of that. For one day, please, just for one day, even in a 60-game season, put your best foot forward. It's not going to kill you. Matt Boyd, to me, earned that spot. And I was extremely critical of Matt Boyd at points a season ago. I was critical with how the organization has handled him. I was critical of the fact that he pitched legitimately poorly in the second half. But the guy stayed healthy all year. He struck out a ton of batters. He kept his mouth shut. There's so many things to like about him. If I'm Matt Boyd and I'm not named the opening day starter, I would be legitimately furious. Now, knowing him, it's not in his character to be angry. This is a guy who's about as good a dude as you're going to find in Major League Baseball. But, I mean, what's a guy got to do to earn an opening day spot, especially over Jordan Zimmerman? What are we doing? And I know this is how I spent the entire first segment, but it is actually something that is legitimately important to me because when the Tigers were good, this was a big deal. It still is a big deal to be to be tapped to be the opening day starter for a team, even in a 60-game season. It is important. It's no different than a playoff series. Like I said, when you start a playoff series, 
It's it's game one. You go with your best guy. You do that same thing on opening day. It is it's a symbolic gesture, sure, but an important one nonetheless. To me, Matt Boyd has earned that right. Let him start opening day. You can put Zimmerman game two and he'll get rocked. Let Matt Boyd be the game one starter for the Tigers in 2020. All right, that's going to do it for segment one. I will be right back here with a little bit more news to discuss in segment number two. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back. So I was teetering on what to talk about here in the second segment. I know Evan Petzold wrote an article about Jake Rogers and the Detroit Free Press. I like to support him. He was a CMU guy, young journalist, but I, I may talk about that at some point, possibly even tomorrow. I'm actually going to respond to a negative review that was written about me, or I'm sorry, written about this show, and thus about me on iTunes this week. Now, I'm not going to do this, guys, I promise. I'm not going to do this with every negative review that comes my way, but it does lead into kind of what I try to do with this podcast, and it's something that uh, that I want to discuss. So I'm going to read off the review. I'm not going to read off the name of the user who posted it because I don't, like I said, I don't want people flinging mud his way. He's welcome to have this opinion. Now, he's actually posted two different reviews. I remember he posted one a couple months ago, and it read like this. I think he gave it three stars out of five. Not a ton of depth, he said. Self-absorbed host, like most of the Lockdown crew, especially Derry. One-fourth of the podcast is commercial ads. I'll take any info on the Tigers, though, since I don't live locally, otherwise mind-numbing. He then updated that review on July 10th and said host still doesn't get the fact that he's negative every single podcast whining all the time his heroes must be Derry and Valenti typical negative Detroit podcaster trying to get attention while providing absolutely nothing of valued content please locked on what the hell all right let me respond to that first off I don't know Matt Derry I've never talked to Matt Derry in person we've interacted on Twitter we've had nothing but pleasant interactions. Uh, if he's like me, uh, cool. I mean, he's been very successful, so good for him. Uh, and he's on the lockdown network saying he seems like a, he seems like a nice guy. So I have no issues with him. Uh, I, I think Mike Valenti is objectively like one of the best broadcasters in this state. I've heard through some back channels. He doesn't like me much at all. And that's fine. I haven't listened to him in several years. I don't have anything against him. Uh, personally, I just, I have other outlets, uh, that, that I get my, my content from. Uh, I think the one thing that that does make me laugh is the self-absorbed comment. Anyone who knows me knows that I am unconfident 
to a fault. I am probably one of the least self-absorbed people. I'm someone who could probably benefit from being a little bit more self-absorbed, and I'm not. I think that that is a statement you throw around when you actually know somebody, but this guy had an opinion, and he used it, and he's welcome to post that. The one part that just, it really does boggle my mind, I'm going to explain myself here, is the idea that I'm negative every single podcast, and that Detroit podcasters and Detroit broadcasters are negative all the time. Here's the way I look at it. This team has lost 310 games in the last three years combined. They lost 114 games a season ago. They have not had a good free agent signing in probably five to six years. There are serious question marks about the direction of this organization. I can't spin that positively. I don't know how. I'm sure there are other hosts of other podcasts who are able to spin that and say, oh, everything's peaches and cream. And you know what? Go ahead and listen to those people. That's fine. If you want to, if you want to be in that world, I got nothing but love for you, brother. Really, I'm not mad at this person for posting this review. I'm, I'm genuinely not. I, I'm just not one who can fake it. Now, I also think there's a serious case of selective listening here because when the draft went down, I came on here and flat out said, I thought this year's draft was the best draft the Detroit Tigers have had since the late 70s, and it was the first time I'd woken up on a day during this entire rebuild and genuinely felt like I believed in the direction that this organization was going in. Maybe you didn't listen to that podcast. Maybe you just didn't care. That's fine. One of the critiques... I often get for this podcast, and I I get it, I really do, is that I'm someone who provides a personality, but not much analysis or in-depth discussion. My response to that is that one, in a 15-minute podcast, it's hard to do that. And two, and this is going to be a controversial take, and, and I understand that, and it's, a, it's completely subjective, it's completely a matter of personal taste, but here's my views on that. Any moron can read a baseball reference page. Any schmuck can go on fan graphs and look at numbers that somebody else calculated. In my opinion, what people look for is actual personality. Now, if you hate my personality, hey, that's on you. Sometimes I hate my personality. There's no problem with that. But I'll listen to podcasts that talk about, oh, this guy had a specific barrel rate last year. What does this guy's weighted on-base average mean to this team? And those things have true merit to them. But very often, and this is my opinion, I have to throw that out there, and I have nothing against any of these podcasters. I'm not even thinking, I don't even have anyone in particular in mind right now. It's just, in general, one of the issues that a lot of podcasters run into. I find those incredibly boring. If I wanted that type of, you know, milk toast analysis, I would go on fan graphs. I would go to baseball reference. Now, as the season goes along, I promise you, I will provide you with more depth, with more analysis, with more insight regarding the ins and outs of the numbers of baseball, but I'm going to do it with a genuine personality. Now, everyone's going to run into an issue. If you don't like my personality, then you should probably listen to another podcast because I'm not going to change. You can hate me, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, I was some dude from Lansing, Michigan, who was about to be a college dropout, who picked up his phone and fell into 15,000 followers on Twitter. And again, 
15,000 followers on Twitter is a, a arbitrary number. There's no monetary value in that, and I understand that. But you don't do that on accident. You don't do that without having a certain number of people who believe in what you're doing. And I am angered and ashamed of some of the early postings that I made. But if I didn't get any better, my audience wouldn't have grown, and it has. So I appreciate the review. I really do. Uh, I encourage you to try to stick around at least during the baseball season. If not, bye. I'll see you later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. All right. That is going to do it for today's show. I know I I kind of indulged myself there in the second segment, but you know what? I, I don't know. I had some fun with it, and there's not a whole lot of news to talk about. So you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. If you have any questions for the mailbag segment, you can send those to this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. I will be back here tomorrow with another show. Let's keep this thing rolling, man. We're getting one step closer to opening day every single day. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Go Tigers.